Today, we're going to have a discussion because of a question I got about someone who lacks the confidence to do a business deal to buy a small business. So we're going to tear into it and get to the heart of this question of what can you do to have the confidence to do one of these deals? I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Are you thinking of growing your business or beginning a journey into entrepreneurship? Take a shortcut to success by buying an existing and profitable business the right way. Visit businessbuyeradvantage.com and learn more about my online training, group coaching, and consulting services designed to help you win. All right. So I got a wonderful message uh, via LinkedIn uh, from a viewer, and I'm going to put it up on the screen here. And uh, th there was other stuff above this, but this was the, the sort of the question that, uh, that the viewer wanted to highlight. Um, and he says, I have thoroughly enjoyed your content and have deep desires to acquire. And then in brackets, he says, and have liquidity, uh, liquidity reality to do it with over 500,000 in liquid assets and have thorough industry experience with a um, specific kind of MBA. Yet, however, I find my biggest obstacle is fear and confidence. Have you heard this story before? And if so, how have you heard people work through it? Content, mentors, investor, partners, etc. Thanks again. I really look forward to your content, especially on the mental aspect. And this one comes from Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I did a quick Google search for the most common uh, male names in uh, North Carolina, just to help keep this person, uh, conf you know, anonymous. And I found that the uh, most common male baby name in 2021 in North Carolina was Liam. So we're going to call this uh, with we're going to call this viewer Liam. So Liam asks, you know, how can I develop the confidence to, you know, go and do this thing? And uh, I am not a psychologist. Like, like, let's get that straight. So all I can do is speak. Uh, to my experience and repeat things that I've heard from other people. So, uh, and I have read some books from psychologists and um, about psychology and all that kind of stuff. But, and I'm going to mention a few of these books that I think are going to be useful for the, for the purpose of this conversation. So first of all, my, my gut response reaction to the comment was that you develop confidence through doing things, right? I mean, we've heard that before. Uh, if you don't feel confident, you know, riding a bicycle, then you practice, 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 and your confidence grows as you execute and you do it correctly. But, you know, when we're talking about buying a business, um, you know, very few people can afford to have a learner or a starter business deal that they do, which might result in them stumbling and failing. I mean, that's, that's something people want to avoid, right? And so I started to think about this. I'm like, wait a minute. Let me think about the people that I know that I work with that have done these deals. And um, have I noticed uh, that there is a cohort of these people who have problems with fear and confidence and how have they overcome it? And uh, as I thought more and more about that, I thought that I needed to, to educate myself further. So I went and found a book 
uh, called uh, How Champions Think by Dr. Bob Rotella. Um, and all the books that I think are great uh, books for, for reading, uh, I actually put them together into an Amazon store because it's the easiest way for me to maintain a book list. And if you go to dcbbooklist.com, all, all together, one word, dcbbooklist.com, it'll take you to my Amazon store. And there's a section for books. There's a section just for my books. There's a section for biographies, specifically for entrepreneurs, and then some other business gadgets or outdoor stuff that I like that I've thrown in there from, from Amazon. So these books that I mentioned, you can find them there uh, if you're an Amazon shopper. So I listened to uh, the audio version of How Champions Think, and and, and Dr. Rotella talks a lot about sports because he was a sports psychologist, but he brings in, you know, the topics of business and, you know, salespeople having confidence and, and all this kind of stuff. And it was a very interesting read. And one of the things that uh, that was interesting about the book is that he brings up this whole idea of gaining confidence through doing something. And he talks about how it's, it really doesn't make sense. It's not true because otherwise... Um, nobody would ever have the confidence to win a tournament if they had never done it before. So then how would anyone ever do it for the first time, right? And so what, <clears throat> what he references in the book is just this idea that the people who are winners in sports and business and all this kind of stuff, um, th they just start off already thinking that they're winners, right? They don't really r wrestle with this thing. I mean, some people will be very good at something, very good at sports, for example, and then something will happen to cause them to have damage to their confidence and they have to regain it. But they usually don't enter the sphere with a lack of confidence. They, th those people usually just don't come in and play the game, whatever it happens to be. So as uh, Dr. Rotella was talking about this whole idea of, of how people just seem to be in a certain situation, it reminded me of another book <clears throat> which I thought was very, very good that I that I read several years ago, um, which is called Psycho-Cybernetics uh, by Maxwell Maltz. And there's a, it was rewritten, uh, the, the book originally was written back in the 1970s and, and Dr. Maltz is also a doctor. And the original version of the book was quite complex with uh, medical jargon and whatnot. And it was rewritten in the last 20 years by another person who kind of made it more accessible to to the lay person uh, who wanted to learn about this stuff. And so um, Maxwell Maltz uh, is, is one of these people who kind of developed the whole idea of self-image. And <clears throat> surprisingly, <clears throat> while he was a doctor, he was not a psychologist, he was a plastic surgeon. And the reason that he came upon the world of self-image was because he had all these clients that came in with these bizarre requests like, uh, doctor, can you fix my nose so that I can be a better salesperson? Or doctor, can you fix my ears so my children will love me? And like just bizarre stuff like that, which kind of made him realize that the way people see themselves has a big impact on how they act and interact and, and the way you present yourself to the world and how other people will respond to you. And so um, I thought that was a very interesting book uh, because I can certainly uh, recall over the course of my life how my self-image has changed with respect to different things. And self-image is also malleable. Um, you can undertake certain activities to actually impact the way you feel about yourself. Like you can literally brainwash yourself into thinking different things. And so um, I mentioned it before, but I mean, I have uh, these uh, little cards I keep on my desk and there are a bunch of messages to myself where I make these statements about how I am in a future state, but I say them as though they were today. 
Um, so, you know, one of them, the one that's right here on top says, I'm grateful for my future. And it's just a reminder uh, to be grateful and have gratitude for all of the things that are down the road for me. And I have other ones in there that say I'm grateful for my children. I have other ones in there about fitness goals and how I'm in great shape and all that kind of stuff. And the one about fitness I put in there years ago. And for those of you who've been on this channel, you know that I've lost a lot of weight and now I'm gaining some muscle and I'm working out all the time. And so all of it is sort of framing the way I think about myself, the way I feel about myself. And now my behaviors and actions are filling in um, sort of the, the, the gaps between my actual present reality and this future vision of myself and the way I see myself because I am manipulating my own self-image through something as simple as a daily affirmation card, right? So if you wanna learn more about that, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Waltz. So why is this important? Well, I've, I've been asked many, many times before, who are the people that you work with, David, who wanna buy a business? And they resoundingly fall into two primary groups. So the first group are people who need an income and for whatever reason have difficulty accessing the labor market. And so that in large part is people like newcomers to a new country who may have some kind of language barrier or who may be professional educated people whose credentials and experience are not recognized in their new home, which means that while they might be an engineer in Vietnam, they're not gonna be able to work as one in Canada, right? And so they arrive and they very quickly realize, hey, if I wanna get any kind of reasonable income, I'm going to have to do something on my own. I'm gonna to have to be my own boss. I'm gonna to have to have my own business. Uh, and then after a little bit of reflection, they realize um, it is much safer to buy something than to start something. And then they'll end up finding me and, and get my help to buy a business. So I call those people the, the mother of necessity buyers, right? Because they need an income and they have barriers that prevent them from getting an income in the way that a native born Canadian would be able to get one through um, having better access to networking and maybe education and credentials and all that kind of stuff, okay? Remember, 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 Liam and all the other viewers, that the vast majority of people are not entrepreneurs or business owners. The vast majority of people earn their living through selling their time in some way or their expertise, right? And so there's uh, a whole world of people who do have really great incomes who are not business owners. They may be some kind of professional or they may be some kind of, you know, in that Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrants ideal, they might be a specialist of some kind, uh, you know, a lawyer who works in a law firm, a, a surgeon who works at a hospital, or just a doctor who works for the military, right? I mean, that again, a lot of doctors have their own practice, their own business, so to speak, but you could be a doctor and you could be in the army and just get a salary and still be a doctor. And I'm sure that those doctors are paid well. Right. And so the whole, I want to own a business because of certain reasons, like most people don't fall into this category. So group one, people that need to, they, because they need an income that is more than what they're going to get earning, uh, you know, working some kind of menial job. The second group of people who I help buy a business are very different. And so the second group typically are middle career people who have some kind of series of obligations, which are very important. So uh, married people supporting a spouse, 
they have a house with a mortgage that's due. They have children maybe already who are headed to college soon. They have an obligation towards the kids. And so these people want to be in business, not because they need to. And this is important. And Liam, you fall into this category because you're telling me that you have a liquid net worth of half a million dollars. So clearly you're not you know, working some menial job. You've got some kind of, we know you have an MBA, so you've been earning a, a good salary somewhere and you've been able to accumulate this wealth, right? And so you kind of fall into this group with a couple of exceptions. Most of the people that I meet, they, they run into some kind of barrier. So uh, there's some kind of barrier that's preventing their growth wherever they are. Um, and that could be that there's no room for them to progress and get promotion in the organization that they're in, or something has happened in the organization that they're in that has frustrated them, made them angry, uh, or whatever. And they just say, oh, well, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to go make my own rules. And almost all of these people go to the same direction. They say, I'm just going to start my own business. And then when they start to seriously examine and look at those prospects of starting a business and, and the risks and the dangers and all that kind of stuff, they then realize, you know what, it's safer and less risky to buy one. And then that's when they will eventually maybe run into me. They'll start doing Google searches and stuff and they might find my YouTube channel or one of the books that I've written. And so that's how I meet that second group of buyers. But rarely do I ever have any of them say, I lack the confidence or I, I don't want to do this. Um, in their minds, they see themselves as business people. And, and this is, I think, an important distinction in the use of language. So I'm, I'm a big fan of words and understanding what words mean. Um, if you read 1984, you know, they, they talk a lot about words in that book. And, and if you haven't, I recommend it. But you can be a business person and be a well-respected business person and, and be a well-compensated business person and not be an entrepreneur or a business owner. Do you realize that? So the vice president of a publicly traded company is certainly a business person, right? Um, the regional manager of some company is certainly a business person. The manager of a branch location of some company is a business person, right? And so these people are doing business and all of a sudden they're frustrated in the organization that they're in and they just say, well, I'm gonna go do business someplace else. The first thing they think of is I'm going to start a business. They see how risky it is. So they just say, well, I'll just buy one, right? They don't have an issue with fear or confidence. They usually just want help with the hows. So they say, you know, I need to understand how this works. I need to understand how a transaction is done. I need to understand how to do an evaluation. Uh, I'm interested in reducing risk by hiring someone like me to come and look at the deal, to give my opinion. Uh, they're looking for shortcuts. They're looking to leverage other people, other professionals, et cetera. And they just do deals or they don't, or, or they look at deals and they analyze deals and they don't do them, which brings me to success in searching. Because in my opinion, there are two different ways that you can be successful at searching for a business to buy. The first one is, is that you go looking for a business to buy and you buy that business and it's a good business and you successfully make money with it starting on day two and you make money with it over a prolonged period of time and somehow get out of it through an exit, sale, what have you, right? And that is the success that everyone is focused on. 
everyone thinks that that is the only way to be successful in searching for a business. And it's not. It, is, it isn't. Okay. There is a second way that you can be successful in your search. It goes like this. You go looking for a business. You find businesses for sale. You examine the businesses and then realize that there's a problem with the business. And if you put your money into it, you will likely end up being in a losing situation and you don't buy it. Okay. That is also a successful outcome in a search because you get to live another day and you save your money. And I am the number one proponent of the idea that I would rather see somebody, um, you know, work a menial job with half a million dollars in the bank versus put their money into a bad deal. Right. So we want to be successful in the search. So let's me circle back a little bit on some of this stuff because I want to mention a third book. Uh, and this is a book by Gene Simmons, uh, bass player for Kiss. And this book came out mm, like 10 years ago. It's called Me Inc. And it would be in the biography section of my bookstore online if you go to dcbbooklist.com. I do earn a commission when you buy books there, it's like a, a nickel or four cents or some four percent i think so um so in the book gene simmons describes his story and for those of you who don't know gene simmons is an immigrant to the usa and came over as a child with his mother from israel i believe and uh, like a lot of immigrants uh came over with very little in the way of resources or money and uh had to find his place in the world and and you know sort of embarked upon his journey and what's interesting about the book is that Gene Simmons is definitely entrepreneurial. He's definitely a business person and has helped to monetize everything to do with KISS in a lot of different ways, right? From lunchboxes to expensive books to all that kind of thing. One of the things he talks about in the book is he talks about how his journey of self-development basically um, led him to jumping back and forth across the fence of employment and self-employment. So he had businesses of his own and then became an employee and then later had a business of his own and then became an employee. And he just kind of jumping back and forth across that fence. And, and the point he was making in the book is that sometimes you can learn to develop yourself and make yourself into a better business person by being within the envelope of someone else's organization. If they have opportunities for you to grow and learn and develop yourself. And then you can take those skills that you develop and you can bring them back into the world of entrepreneurship and self business ownership and, um, and take advantage of those things. So he was basically saying the investment is in yourself as a person, right? So um, let me get back to the original question. Let's put it back up here on the screen because I'm going to tie this all together, I promise. So he says, I have thoroughly enjoyed your content and have deep desires to acquire and have the money and have a thorough industry experience. Yet, however, I find my biggest obstacle is fear and confidence. Have you heard this story before? And if so, have you heard of people who work through it? How do they do that? Okay. So ask yourself a big question, Liam. Why are you flirting with the idea of buying a business if you don't already see yourself as a business person who would just simply do the right deal if you found the right deal. There is so much stuff online now that glamorizes or publicizes or, um, you know, sort of makes this whole world of buying a business seem really glamorous and cool. Uh, and I'm seeing more and more people kind of get 
pulled in by the gravity of this thing. Um, and a lot of them are being pulled in for the wrong reason. And a lot of the times that reason is because they think somehow that number one, maybe they have some kind of competitive spirit. Other friends of theirs are business owners and they feel like they should be one too. Or they feel like this is going to be a surefire way to have increased wealth or income, right? The truth of the matter is that a lot of the people, if we talk about the two groups of people I work with all the time, that first group, the mother of necessity buyers, they're definitely motivated by income. They need to have an income. Usually, they are trying to get an income that most people in the U.S. would probably call a middle to upper middle class income. Right. So so they're just trying to secure a reasonable level of income so they can support their family and have some of the nice things that life has to offer. Right. They're they're typically not swing for the fences. I want to get rich type of people. And this is why you see a lot of these people will be buying the convenience stores and the restaurants and the gas stations, etc. So they, they open the door to the American dream, as it were. They get a level of income that's going to open the door to maybe homeownership and, and stuff like that. That second group of people who are the, the sort of middle career people that want to get into business for themselves, their motivations for the most part are not typically financial. And, and this, is the, this is the thing that a lot of people will pause and, and question me on. So when I meet a lot of these people, they often will talk to me about frustrations with corporate politics. They will talk to me about superiors or other people they have to work with that they don't like or how they pulled off some amazing stunt within a company that they felt went unrecognized or was not properly compensated and so it usually has to do with the fact that they feel like they're growing beyond the place they have in that organization and that the only way their growth can continue is if they are setting their own rules, which means that they need to be in control of their business place, the place where they're a business person. They need to control it. And so they, they just kind of just grow right naturally into this thing that, oh, I'm going to either start a business or buy one. And a lot of these people, uh, you know, when I'm looking at a business with someone, if we're doing an analysis, I know that it's less risky to buy something rather than start something. But one of the sort of... Uh, metrics that I often consider when I'm looking at a business that's for sale is I'll just ask myself, what would it cost to create this? Like if we were going to start a business like this, could we do it for this amount of money? Like, because at a certain point, if a business is overpriced, then you just realize, Hey, like I could take this money that, that this person wants and I could just start something even with all the risks I could finance losses for five years and still be ahead uh, over buying this business. Right because there's a lot of overpriced businesses out there. So this, this second group person, the second group buyer, they will go looking for a business and they will try to find something that fits with them. And if they can't find the right deal that makes sense for them within a reasonable time frame, a lot of them will be completely open to start up entrepreneurship just because that's, that's who they are. Or they will be like what Gene Simmons describes, they will then say, well, you know, if I can't find a deal that works for me and I'm not happy where I am, maybe I'll go see if I can develop myself further in some other place. And they'll just, they'll hop into another career somewhere where they can learn some new skills and learn to develop themselves even further. And they'll maintain their search as they're looking for that right opportunity. And so I've got clients now 
that I've spoken to on and off again over five, six, seven years that have changed careers. They've started businesses. They moved on to different things. And every once in a while, they come back out and they're like, oh, there's an opportunity here. Let's look at it together. And sometimes they'll end up doing a deal and to buy a business. Sometimes they won't. Liam, do not be focused on the need to buy a business. As a guy who sells consulting services that help people buy businesses and like online programs and coaching programs to help you buy businesses, like, you know, I have a vested interest in people wanting to buy businesses, but I'm going to tell you, don't feel you need to do it because you don't. There's all kinds of ways that you can earn a living. And if you have fear over doing this deal, that, you know, there could be some personal deep rooted reasons why you have that fear. You may need to work through some of those things. I'm not the guy to help you with that, right? I'm not a psychologist. But um, it just may simply be that you need to grow and develop in other ways. And don't be afraid of not buying a business. Because the worst thing that can ever happen is for you to do a deal because you've applied either pressure of your own or you're feeling pressure from other people that you need to do a deal and you go looking for a deal that isn't a good deal and you put your half a million dollars of liquid assets into a deal that turns out to be a bad deal and then you end up with this terrible hornet's nest you have to manage and deal with that's that's the worst possible outcome a deal that is a good deal is going to make sense it's going to feel right you're going to see the business. You're going to see how the purchase price makes sense vis-a-vis -vis the cash flow that the business is currently generating. And you're going to see that you are going to be able to manage the business. And you're going to see that you already know ways that you might be able to improve the business because of your experience. And it's that I can improve this business part that gives you the reason to buy that particular business, right? I mentioned earlier that some people will buy businesses and they're not motivated by financial aspects. Like I work with a lot of C-suite type people who wanna leave big companies and they wanna buy a smaller thing that is going to allow them to have a better work-life balance, for example. Like the what is motivating you should be at the top of the list of what you need to figure out. So you actually need to have this written down. Um, what do I want? Why do I want it? What is important to me in life? What does my life look like in five years, 10 years, etc.? Describe these things because there could be less risky paths available to you to be able to achieve the outcomes that you're looking for. Now, there is another book um, by Scott Adams and it's um, the title is How to... Mm, there's a big picture of a foot on the cover. It's in my bookstore too. I just, I forgot to write it down. I'm just reminded of it now. But in the book, he talks about how you can create systems in your life and methods in your life to kind of make sure that, that things are taken care of such that you continue to have greater and greater accesses to more and more good luck and success. You got to build these systems in your life so that you end up in a better and better position all the time. And, you know, that's kind of the guiding philosophy that I have is I, I will say, you know, this is the direction I want to head. What are the things I can do in my life to make things better for me, regardless of what happens? 
So I mentioned health and fitness earlier. So one of the things I did almost two years ago is I just took a look at the way I was spending my time. And what I found is that I was sitting around every night from nine to 11 ish sort of watching TV. And of course, what ends up happening when you're on the couch watching TV, that's when you get into the habit of having a snack. And so neither of those two things were leading me towards my personal health and fitness goals. So what did I do? I started to get up earlier in the morning and I would get up in the morning and spend that time walking. Uh, even in minus 20 degree Celsius weather, I still get up and do it. Go for a walk around the lake near my house. If you follow my Instagram, I occasionally will post pictures of the sunrise, for example. And I'll go and I'll walk around that lake and I'll have my morning coffee and I'll be listening to podcasts or audiobooks. So I'm burning calories, I'm getting fresh air, I'm getting exercise, and I'm feeding my mind, right? And so though that one set of decisions basically has allowed me to repurpose a few hours of every day into something that definitely leads me to more successful outcomes in a multitude of ways, both from professionally through the education and the podcasts and the audiobooks and health-wise and fitness-wise, right? And so the same thing can happen in the, with your career and in the business world. I have often referred to um, buying a business as a career of ownership and because that's what it is, right? It's just like you just become your own boss. So, I mean, I hope that helps. Um, so, Liam, my advice to you about working through fear and confidence, identify what you really want and why you want it. Make sure that these are truly self-motivated goals that are pushing you in this direction. Um, think about who you are and how you think about yourself. And if there are certain things about yourself you don't like, then ask yourself, what kind of person would I rather be? And how would I work on myself to become that person? Buying a business, you know, should not be something where you get out there and you compete with everyone else to try to you know, get a business and, and get your arms around it and secure it and ahead of other people. I mean, there are people that talk about it in that way, like that these things are golden goose, uh, golden egg laying geese that uh, you, when you find one, you got to jump on it and all that kind of stuff. I understand why they talk about it in that way, but businesses are unique, just like people are unique. And you have to find a deal that works for you under terms that work for you on a timeline that works for you so that you can acquire it and you can make money with it. Under any other circumstances, you probably shouldn't do the deal. And if somebody gets out there and buys a business for the wrong reasons, it can often be disastrous, which leads me to a, to a little story. I knew a guy, I know a guy, I still know him, um, who wanted to be a member of a particular club, seriously. And in order to be in this club, you have to be a business owner. And he wanted to get into the club and they literally said to him, well, you need to be a business owner. So he went out and found a business that he could buy and he did it in an extremely leveraged way with very little of his own money down and uh, borrowed a lot of money and got a lot of seller financing and all the things that some of the gurus out there might call a successful deal. You know, buying a good sized business with a very small amount of money. He ended up in a very leveraged position. And so then what did he do? Well, he did it again. And in just a couple of years, he bought four businesses, right? All extremely highly leveraged. And then a small series of unfortunate events occurred. And because of his leveraged position, he didn't have a lot of wiggle room. He didn't have a lot of excess cash. 
And like dominoes, those four businesses fell over the course of about 18 months. He ended up personally bankrupt. Uh, he got some friends together and like repurchased one of those businesses out of bankruptcy to try to give it a second go. But again, they were undercapitalized and that one ended up failing again. It was just a complete disaster over the course of, of several years of this person's life. Did they learn a lot from it? Yeah. Do I want you to experience that? No, right? <clears throat> so don't feel like you have to do anything. It's got to feel right and it's got to make sense. Anyway, thanks for the question, Liam. Uh, and thanks for all of you for watching. Uh, sorry for a bit of a Debbie Downer episode, but uh, I think this is important. Um, be a business person. It doesn't matter where you are. When you think of yourself as a business person, you're going to start to see opportunities that you didn't realize were there before in everything from investing to small business to opportunities to start something new to talking with someone and suddenly realizing how maybe you could buy their business or they could change their business in a different way or you can match one opportunity with another opportunity. Be a business person. Get into the mind frame and as you develop and build relationships and do things, you'll find that the fear and confidence issue will take care of itself. Anyway, thanks. We'll see you all later. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Go over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients. You can learn more about my books and courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, and more. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go to Mark Willis at Lake Growth Financial, today's video sponsor. Mark helps people better manage their personal and business finances through the bank on yourself insurance strategy. This is something I've done personally and I've seen others use it successfully for years. Go to newbankingsolution.com to find all the interviews I've done with Mark and learn more about the advantages of these programs. While there, sign up for a free consultation to learn what this solution might look like for you.